Hi folks, this is Gospel of Kennison, episode 80, brought to you the week of September 25th, uh, 2018. I'm your host, my name is James Kennison, welcome to Gospel of Kennison, the personal audio journal of me. Um, I've been reading a book lately, it's called Victory Over the Darkness by uh, Neil T. Anderson. He asked the question, is who you are determined by what you do, or is what you do determined by who you are? I'll give you some updates on what I've been doing lately. I went to a one-year-old's birthday party. It's my niece. Her name's Ava. The daughter of my uh, my brother-in-law and his wife. They had a party, um, you know, for family at a little community center. Was decorated to uh, to be like uh, oh what's it called Beauty and the Beast, <clears throat> and what made it interesting is this is South Georgia. Um, we've got a white male as the father of this child and a black female as the mother. And um, both sides of the family love their children very much. They love the granddaughter very much. Um, just don't quite know what to do with each other. I felt a lot more comfortable than some of them. So I went around and I just introduced myself to everybody. And oh my gosh, I met a wonderful family. Uh, it turns out that my brother-in-law's Wife has seven, well, six siblings. She's one of seven. And uh, several of them were there with their kids and their husbands. Most most of them were also uh, biracial couples. And uh, beautiful children, just uh, great folks. And the parents were there. So I got to meet the father and the mother, and I got to brag on them about their lovely family. And I got some tips because the mother had raised almost all girls. I think one of the children, one of her kids was a boy and he wasn't there. Um, but uh, she, I asked her, you know, how do you keep them from, from falling for the first freckled face boy? that um, they come across and because and she had mentioned that's what she led with. She says, I've been blessed with some wonderful son-in-laws. And, um, and she told me, she kind of whispered it, I guess. So she didn't let everybody know uh, what might be an unpopular opinion, but she said she kept them away from the hip hop and the, um, the different uh, influences that influence what seemingly, a large portion of African-American youth. And, um, and, and a lot of them turned out really, really well as, as in her mind, as a result. <clears throat> and I wasn't going to argue with her because first of all, there was no reason to. Secondly, the proof was in the pudding, so to speak, beautiful, uh, families and, uh, a, a load of beautiful grandkids, including little Ava, um, had a great time. Um, it wasn't without its faults because I'm involved and I was a little hyper. I was a little excited, uh, going around and meeting new people and, and 
kind of feeling like my old self. Uh, one of the least embarrassing things that happened, I was trying to, I don't know, I was kind of ad-libbing. I picked up three cupcakes, two red, one white, held them out in front of myself, and one of the cousins on the other family side, and then my daughter had kind of connected, and they were watching, and I said, I'm going to do a magic trick, and when I, when I pull my hands together three times, these two cupcakes are going to change places, and I started doing it slowly. One, I'd pull the cupcakes apart and put them together, two, apart, together, and then on three, I realized I didn't have a trick. I didn't have anything to make it funny or good or whatever. And so I just proceeded to smash all three cupcakes together as hard as I could. There was a lot of icing on those cupcakes. And the icing went on the floor. It went all over me. Um, it went in just about every direction that is possible. Uh, I, I think the, the paper cups that they were in... Um, protected some areas of, of the 360-degree possibility of trajectory. Um, but, yeah, so I, I immediately go to clean up, and by the time I come back, one of the children, specifically my child, my son, had slipped in the red icing and a long red smear across the floor on the bottom of his shoe and on his butt because as my great friend John Steinklopper pointed out a couple of episodes ago that when you slip in it, you fall in it. You could quote that really some, at some context that could be very profound. Um, so I, I, you know, I, I did clean it up. Some people were cleaning it up and I felt bad. So I was like, no, let me do this. And I felt kind of stupid. And, um, and then later on, I was talking with one of the the um, sisters because uh, I had met her husband and then met her and met her son. And one of the, uh, matter of fact, it was that same girl that was next to my daughter comes up between us and starts talking into her face uh, kind of rudely, really. And, um, but then... The, the lady I'm talking to, you know, kind of lets the girl off the hook and says thanks and walks off. And I'm like, what was that about? And she says, oh, she was helping me with one of the buttons on my blouse that had come open. And, and I, you know, immediately kind of flushed because I didn't notice. Um, and and she was <laughs> she was forward about it. She was just like, matter of fact, and you could just tell that's just the way she, she was all the time. Um and I said really something really stupid immediately as a result. And I'm like, well, if I'd known you better, I could have helped you out. And, and it just cringed immediately. Uh, and to cover for it, which is what you have to do when you feel stupid and have said something probably inappropriately, you know, even as innocently as it might have been, um, I told the story of a pastor I knew named Mike who was standing out in front of the church one day, talking to an older lady. And as the, he and the older lady were speaking, the old lady's skirt, uh, loose, you know, fitting uh, ankle length skirt just suddenly fell to the ground. And so there's Mike and this older lady. And she has uh, her, her, 
her skirt around her ankles. So being the helpful and immediate and knee-jerk reaction kind of guy he is, he reaches down, you know, with a heart full of love and and just a, nothing but a desire to help. Uh, he reaches down while her hands are full of Bibles and things and pulls up her skirt. And uh, not only that, but begins to try to tuck her shirt back in to the skirt, not thinking. She's obviously embarrassed. It's so awkward. He doesn't even notice yet. Uh, he wasn't the type to notice, you know, when things were awkward. Um, and so I'm telling her this story and she's looking at me um, like I'm sure she looks at everyone that tries to, to beat around the bush. And um, I said, well, yeah, that was was pretty funny because that happened. And um, I don't quite remember how I got out of that one. I just remember that I eventually wasn't speaking to her anymore. And I'm sure she was happy about that. Um, so on one hand at this event, I was on the top of my game. I'd gone around and broken the ice really between some of the family members. Um, I'd gotten to know, not only, you know, just gotten over some shyness and, and, you know, awkwardness and gotten to talk to some people that I, um, uh, maybe otherwise would have not talked to just because they were new and different. Um, but I got to meet some really great people and got some really great advice and really great, uh, uh, just, just inspired. I got inspired. But on the other hand, I also made a fool of myself at least twice, if not three times. Oh, the third time was when we were uh, unwrapping gifts. Or actually, the mother was unwrapping gifts. The daughter was just all totally into the wrapping paper, Ava being one years old and all. And um, a funny thought occurred to me. At least it was funny to me. And I said, hey, wait, guys. Couldn't we also say, not only is this a uh, Beauty and the Beast theme party, couldn't we also say that it's a Saved by the Bell party? Get it? Saved by the Bell. And everyone, I want to say not less than 30 people, children included, just stared at me. Not one person laughed, not one person smiled. And I don't think it's not because they didn't get it. They just didn't think it was funny. I did. I was laughing. Saved by the bell. B-E-L-L-E. You know? And the mother of the entire family on the other side just said, they're all too young. And uh, my my mother-in-law said, I got it. I thought it was funny. I think she was... I think she was just taking mercy on me. Bless her sweetheart. So again, am, am, is what who I am determined by what I did? Or is what I do determined by who I am? I, I walked away feeling a little like an idiot. Like maybe I was a little too familiar. A little too kind. What have you. I don't know. Um, a little too loud. Uh, maybe should have shut up. Um, so we were staying at Amelia Island plantation that night 
and it's a, I guess, a resort area. Uh, we stayed in the cheapest possible place, which is a villa um, pretty far back from the beach. But we did get to go to the beach, and I am not a person that goes to the beach. I am overweight. I don't like the way I look in a, sh- you know, without a shirt on. I don't like the way I look in a shirt either, for that matter. But the beach is important to my wife, and the the temperature was right. And like I said, I was feeling kind of good. So I went ahead and, uh, you know, donned a bathing suit and met my family at the beach and got in the water and threw my son around and hugged on my wife. And the the waves just beat the crap out of us. There was a storm off the coast way back, and uh, the, the waves were just relentless. Um. But it was a good time. I, I forgot about one part, though. I forgot that, because I remember when I was a kid, I'm like, when the waves were really bad, what you would do is you would sit right where the waves were hitting the shore, and you would allow them to wash over you, and then the water would go past you, and then it would come back down, you know, around you, and it felt really nice. It was kind of a cool thing, and you got to experience waves without, you know, being pushed around or beat up or anything, and you know, the, you got to see the sand moving around your body and all this. So I sat there uh, and, and allowed that to happen. Um, and then I remember the reason why I stopped doing that was because um, a lot of that sand and silt and tiny seashells and things like to get inside of your clothing. So I uh, rinsed off and I trudge all the way back to the hotel you know we take we take a tram it's it's a nice area not gonna lie um and it was a little ironic to be able to go there because we used to drive past it to go to the beach when i was a teenager and to be able to go in you know when i used to live in a uh the back end of a single wide trailer that was butted up against two double wides or a, a double wide. Um, it, the, the ironing wasn't lost on me, but I get in the shower and, and cause I'd been feeling very uncomfortable. I, I thought, man, why is, why is my suit rubbing me so raw? And, uh, it turned out that I had about three pounds of seashells in my, uh, crotchular region. Each shell was broken in su- such a small piece so as to be like a little mini um, dome shape, um, the perfect shape of, of a suction cup. And it was very difficult to remove said items from my body uh, because every one of them wanted to stick between the sticky salt water and the shape, the conical shape of the uh, of that there uh, crushed shells. I was very glad to know that it was shells that had uh, done that. And it wasn't just some sort of weird rash or something that I was developing. The morning after the party, um, we only stayed the one night at the uh, plantation. Normally, I would have slept until noon, um, which would have been checkout time. My wife would have run around and picked up all of the items and and got us repacked. And I would have gotten up just in time to throw on some clothes to load the car and we would have left. 
Um, my wife planned on spending some time at the beach that morning alone, but somehow or another, I had the energy and the drive and everything else to get up. And, uh, we went to breakfast. We sat on a patio, um, in the shade of a tree, a palm tree, beautiful view of the water and beach. And we ordered the cheapest things on the menu. I got a, a muffin, a blueberry muffin for $4. Um, the muffin was probably worth about 25 cents. Tasted good, but you know, you do what you got to do. My wife got coffee and a bowl of Greek yogurt for about the same. And um, we sat there and and laughed and talked and hung out and looked at the water and the sun coming up. I took a picture and put it on Facebook. Those kind of pictures are very popular. And uh, we had a great discussion and, and time. And the whole time I was sitting there thinking, you know, this was normally a time I would be sleeping and my wife would be by herself. And how blessed we were to be together and how good it was for me to be able to function and to not, uh, to not be sad, you know? Um, but did what I do determine who I was? Did that make me a good husband for that moment or not? Um, on our way to visit my brother, David, we stopped and we met with Lauren Mack, one of our listeners in Jacksonville, Florida. We ate at a uh, pizza place. We got to hang out and, and talk with her and find out about her life and what's been going on. And she's been listening for the better part of 12 years. And she's, uh, she's a great lady and used to be a great teenager, apparently back when she first started listening and uh, it, it was just, it was really fun a really great time to connect. I don't think I made a fool out of myself the entire time we were there so that there's no great and wonderful, embarrassing stories to share. Um, but it does make you feel special to have someone that um, wants to know you, you know, to meet you that thinks you're, you're special and so in that way, I could ask almost the same question of is, is who I am determined by what other people do? Am I special because other people think I'm special or, or is there more to it? Is there a, is there a better way to gauge the kind of person I am? I, I got to visit my brother, David, and seen each other in a very long time. Uh, he's doing well. For those of you that want to know, he's planning on joining that story show full time here in a couple of weeks and, and, uh, coming on every episode where we're re John and I are changing the times and the dates that we're doing the recording so that we can accommodate his schedule and we'll just see how that goes. Um, I'm very impressed with the life that he's created though. He has a wonderful home, uh, wonderful piece of land. He's done some amazing woodworking. He has a great wife. She's she's funny and smart 
and uh, likes to pick on me, which if you can pick on me, that's that's pretty it's pretty impressive. Um, we picked up our dog. My mother breeds dogs, as many of you know, and she had a half Shih Tzu, half Maltese. And uh, my son, I felt for a long time, has deserved a dog that loves him. And uh, our dog's great, but our dog doesn't love anybody. Our dog exists in our house and is fed by us and gets petted by us, but he's not the kind that follows you around, jumps in your lap, you know, wants attention and things like that. Um, this dog definitely turned out to be exactly that kind of dog. If you're sitting down, the dog wants to be in your lap. If you're walking, it's following you around. Um, it's exactly the kind of dog my son deserves and needed. Um, and, and you may or may not be hearing him in the background. He's up upstairs in his crate and he is crying or she rather, sorry. Her name is Leia. She's half Shih Tzu, half Maltese. And that means she may be a little barkier, a little more excitable, and she's definitely living up to that name now. Um, she's very affectionate, very cute, very much a puffball, very much named after Princess Leia, uh, but completely untrained and untrustworthy. And so she stays in the crate for now until I come up and let her out and then let her loose for a while. And then she goes back in so I can get something done. Uh, like recording a podcast. So now we're back home and I'm tired. You know, we got in very late. Um, and I had a lot of fun, but you know, trips wear you out. And that's what I'm choosing to blame on my mentality that I have or my mindset that I have now, because um, I'm kind of finding myself a little bit down. And thinking back over all that we did in that short amount of time, just a few days. And I'm trying to figure out what I am. What am I? You know, what do I need to be doing with my life? What am I doing with my life? And am I, am I a minister? That, you know, that's originally why we came here was to be a part of a, of a ministry, a church called Novation, um, to help my friend David an urban missionary to, to reach out of the neighborhood and things like that. I haven't been doing a lot of that lately. I don't feel like, uh, not in a traditional sense anyway, where you go in and do things. Um, you know, we recently had a missionary team come in from, from another church and I was very involved in that. And, um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. Am I a minister? Am I? Uh, am I a podcaster? Is that what I do? Is is that enough to where I could tell people that that I'm a podcaster? I'm an artist. Do I? Is that what I do though? Um, am I a stay at home dad? Uh, I'll tell you when I'm staying at home, I don't feel like much of anything. I after I pick up my kids, I I do. You know. Um. Am I a loser? Am I someone that has lost everything? My, my job, my purpose, my, my mission in life um, because of depression and anxiety. Am I a loser because I haven't found out who I am and what I need to do? Well, 
I come back to the question that I had before is, is who you are determined by what you do or is it determined by who you are? And this is something that I'm trying to ask myself and trying to answer because I feel that if I could accept the answer to that question, I tend to lean toward the latter half of that sentence as being true. Um, if I could answer that, maybe I could have some sort of breakthrough. Um, the book, as I said, is Victory Over Darkness by Neil T. Anderson. And he says, people cannot consistently behave in ways that are inconsistent with the way that they perceive themselves. So basically, I took that to, I believe that that means that if you believe you're a loser, you're not going to be able to act like a winner for very long. And I feel like a loser a lot of the time. I'll be honest with you. And when I do good things, like at the party, when I'm entertaining, when I go out beside, uh, outside of myself and, and reach out and connect and, and meet interesting people, um, I don't feel like a loser. But then when I smash cupcakes together and make a dumb joke and make a possibly inappropriate offensive uh, comment about a blouse and a button, um, then I feel like a loser. And, and so this statement definitely proves true to me. And I think it bears repeating. You cannot consistently behave in ways that are inconsistent with the way you perceive yourself. So I believe in my case, I definitely need to change my default belief about myself. Because I believe by default, if you were to ask me who I am, no matter what you think, no matter what you see, I see a loser. In order to stop acting like that, though, I have to believe differently. Because it's apparently impossible for me to behave otherwise on a consistent basis. So it's not even a thing about me believing it because I believe it's true. It's believing it out of necessity because I don't want to be a loser. He also says that you change your perception of yourself by believing the truth. So what is the truth? He says it is not what you do as a Christian that determines who you are. It is who you are that determines what you do. Now, that obviously doesn't apply to stupid things that I've done. I can't I can't redeem stupid comments and dumb j failed cupcake jokes using that statement. But it does put a twist on things that it's not what I do as a Christian that determines who I am. It's who I am that determines the things that I do. So I guess I could look back at that party in particular and say, because I was a Christian, because I was someone who was maybe not a loser, I did go out of my comfort zone and meet and connect and get to know an entire side of the family that I didn't know before. And that that was proof of 
whatever the opposite of a loser is. I don't know that I'm a winner. How about just not loser? <laughs> he says that the truth that you have to believe in order to change the perception of yourself, in order to change um, the actions that you have because of the beliefs you hold. He says that truth is you must believe that you are a child of God. And uh, that is necessary to live like a child of God. I haven't gotten very much further in the book. Again, the book is Victory Over Darkness by Neil T. Anderson. I can't say I suggest it because I haven't finished it yet. But um, it was like seven and a half, eight bucks on Kindle. Uh, my counselor suggested it when I asked her, how do you stop feeling like a loser? <laughs> she says, this is a good book on your identity and how to figure that out. And he's got a great premise on how the fall it's taken different things from us when Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, it took our sense of purpose, our sense of belonging, our sense of self-control, and how we try to fill those things uh, and or fulfill those needs improperly, which leads us to sin. It's an interesting theory, some good stuff to think about. I haven't finished the book yet, but I've got this far, and... You know, as fun as this weekend was, it's it's just an example of where my brain's at half the time. I feel great. I I do some some good stuff. I do some stupid stuff. I judge myself by the stupid stuff. I I I think of the good things that I do as a fluke. You know, something that happened just because I was in a good mood. And I, and I own the things that were stupid that I did or said. And that is because I perceive myself as a loser. I've got to work on this. And maybe, maybe you do too. We must believe that we are a child of God to live like a child of God. I'm not the child of a loser. I'm the child of someone who is the greatest being in the universe, who sacrificed his one and only son to give me value and to purchase me at such a high price and save me from my own sin and foolishness. Um, at this point, I still believe I'm a loser just in my heart of hearts, but I'm working on it and I can see that, that that's a fault and a flaw for the first time that it's not humility. It's not um, the opposite of pride. It is almost an underreaction, or it's an overreaction, but an underreaction to... It's false humility. It is low self-esteem. And it is an excuse that keeps me from achieving the things that I want to achieve. I believe several episodes back, I told the story of, of uh, my wife and I writing love notes to each other and kind of recommitting um, some things. And one of the things that I had written was I promised that I would become the man that God wants me to be. And so trying to understand this stuff and, and figure it out, trying to retrain my brain 
from believing that I'm a loser to believing I'm a child of God and even finding out what that means is my goal. And I think it is the key to the whole thing. Um, I appreciate you listening and hanging out today. Um, this was, this is the third GOK that I've recorded. And, um, the first one that actually stayed recorded. So it's a little shorter than normal. The first one I recorded was an hour. The second one after that one failed, uh, was an hour, 20 minutes and that one failed. So I wrote up a new one. I decided to share a, a new idea, a new topic, a new thought. And, uh, this one's ringing in at right around 30 minutes. Um, but that's all I've got to say today. But I do thank you for listening. Listen, you can respond. You can, uh, you know, have feedback. You can email me at james at nlcast.com. You can call 2095-NLCAST. You can hit me up on Facebook or Twitter. NLCAST is usually how you would find me there. Um, thanks to our patrons for supporting the show. If you'd like to support the show, just a dollar show is is basically what most folks do. Um, you can head over to patreon.com slash GOK and sign up there and uh you can you can sponsor as little as one show a month if you want. It's totally up to you. Uh but until next time, um ask yourself those questions. Am I is who I am determined by what I do or is what I do determined by who I am. And if so, who am I? Am I a loser? Am I defined by what I do or if I, or is what I do defined by who I am? And if so, if that's the key, then who am I? Who am I? What is the truth? How do I believe that truth? Uh, maybe we can get there together, but I've come to the realization that I've got to let go of my current belief that I am a loser <laughs> and I've got to believe that I am a child of God in order to live like a child of God. Uh, that's, that's today's GOK. Uh, God bless. And thanks for listening.